Hello and welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast, and we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, how's it going over there? Not bad, man. How are you? I'm all right. It is bright and early this a.m. This is an early podcast, and I'm very excited because we have not done one of these yet, so I'm ready to go. Yes. And as always, well, not always, but we have a guest this time, and his name is Micah. Micah, how's it going today, man? It's going great. Thank you, uh, Kyle and Damon, for having me on. Um, I'm really excited to do this. This sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, of course. And uh, we found Micah because Micah's a part of the Binge Mode group, of course, and he does these huge, crazy brackets for the group, and they just get tons of traffic, great write-ups, and we, we just love your uh, your outlook on a lot of these fandoms, man. So we thought you'd be great for uh, for the podcast. Oh, thanks a lot. Um I do like putting together the brackets. It's actually funny. I made a post in the group the other day. I just finished a bracket uh, like four days ago on uh, binge mode phrases that are recurrent throughout uh, different binge mode seasons, which was a lot of fun. And I was like, you know what? Every time I finish one, I think to myself, I'm going to take a break for a while because they are kind of time consuming to do and do the write-ups with. But then what happens is what usually happens is I thought of an idea and I was like, (laughs) Damn, this is a good idea. And once I have the idea, I'll start just in my mind. Honestly, my favorite part of doing it is putting the seedings together. That's kind of half the reason I do them is because I just like ranking the the things. Uh, even though usually people, uh, that's usually the thing people have the most quibbles about. They're like, this is a 12 seed? Come on, that's a four. Um, <laughs> but once I start having the idea, I kind of can't stop myself from pulling up a spreadsheet and starting to do the seeding. So I'm already at work on the next one. I'll probably wait till at least after Thanksgiving, to, to actually put it out there because uh, I need to give myself a break from doing doing the write-ups, which take a little bit of time. Well, do, do you uh, by chance want to give us a hint at uh, what it would be? Uh, sure, yeah. I'm happy to give a little tease. Um, I would say that um, a lot of the time uh, on, on binge mode and just in general, we focus on uh, characters and our favorite characters, but we don't always focus on the uh, the performers and how fitting with, with what we're going to be doing today here. Uh, so this this bracket will have to do with some of our favorite actors rather than some of our favorite characters. Ah, uh, love it. Love that. That's great. Yes, and of course, great segue, because that is exactly kind of what we're doing today. For today's draft, we are going with actor-director dream combos. So... Uh, Kyle, you want to break it down for us? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, basically we are going to be talking about, um, just those dream pair ups that we've not seen before. Um, we all have our favorite filmmakers, our our favorite actors. We want to pair up an actor with a director and kind of pitch what we think that they could make together. Um, we were talking about this before recording and we want to make it a bit challenging. So as soon as an actor or a director is mentioned, they are off the table, um, so, you know, if, if Damon picks uh, so-and-so and so-and-so, one of those, like, you can't use either of those for another combo. They are both completely out, uh, not out off the table. Um, we each get four picks like we usually do when we have three of us. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to kind of pitch what we think, you know, what kind of movie they'd be making together. Talk about why we love this combo, why it hasn't happened yet, maybe. Um, and, yeah, as, as always, we have a list game to decide the order. So, Damon, what's our list game this week? Our list game is going to be real simple. Uh, we're just doing the ABCs of Hollywood directors. Um, and, of course, you know, if, if you want to name out a, a foreign director, you know, any any directors essentially around the world, that's free as well. Um, but, yeah, just follow the ABCs and let's see uh, where we land. 
Uh, Micah, you want to start us off at A, and then uh, Kyle, you can go B, and I'll go C. Perfect. Sure. Um, and just so I know before we start, are we going uh, A could be the first letter of the first name or the last name? Correct. Yes. All right. Um, let me think here. I will go with a director I love, uh, which is Alfonso Cuaron. I'll start with him Great. as my A. Great pick. Uh, I'll go with Bennett Miller. Good one. I'm going to go with my boy, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Ooh, excellent pick. Um, I will go with another one of my favorites, David Fincher. Nice. Um, let's go with Clint Eastwood. Ooh. Okay. Um, Francis Cord Coppola. Nice. Did I say that right? Yep, it, was, it was close enough for me. I like it. <laughs> um, so I'm up to – oh, we're, we're moving fast. This is faster than I can brainstorm that. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, I've got a good G because this works for both the first and the last name. I will go with Greta Gerwig. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. H. Uh, another double. Uh, Howard Hawks. Vowels oh, okay. are tough. <laughs> yes, they are. Is there an Irene somewhere? <laughs> um, crap. Oh, man. I knew I was going to be first. <laughs> the five count. Four, three, two. Ignacio Del Toro. No, I have no clue. I have no one for right. I. So does that mean Kyle and I keep going? Yeah. Yeah, y'all going. Am I on I or do I move to J? J. Okay, I've got an I for you. You want me to toss an I your way just, just to save face? No. The only I I can think of is Ingmar Bergman. Oh, great That's the only one I can think of for I. Uh, but Jay, um, luckily Jay is a much easier name than uh, much easier letter than I. I will go with uh, Jordan Peele. Nice. Um, okay, let's go with. Hmm. Mm, let's see. Oh, oh, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Very nice. That's a good one. All right, I've got L. I will go with Lars von Trier. Nice. Um, one of my favorites, Michael Mann. Excellent. That's the M that I had in mind. And another double one. <laughs> uh, for N, um, I will go with um, Nora Ephron. Uh, one of my favorite movies, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, great movie. Oh, no, oh, sorry. She didn't. Rob Reiner directed When Harry Met Sally, but she, she wrote When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. But she directed gotcha. some movies in her day as well. Um, Let's see. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Olivia Wilde. Oh, very nice. I was thinking of Oliver Stone. Nice. Uh, Olivia Wilde is a good save. Um, we are up to P. Uh, the hard part here is keeping track of the alphabet. So I'm thinking yeah. directly. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Oh, perfect. Um, for P, I will go with Paul Thomas Anderson. Great. Pick. Yes. All right. We're on cue. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, that one was teed up. <laughs> um, well, fair. for R, I just mentioned him, but I could go Rob Reiner or Robert Redford, either one. Uh, I'll go with Rob, Rob Reiner. Nice. All right. Um, yes. Let's see. Another double, Steven Spielberg. 
All right. All right. How far, what happens if we get to the end of the alphabet? That'll be exciting. We yeah, start, we start off. Like Have you guys made <laughs> the end of the alphabet before? Never. No. Oh, wow. I, I, think, would love, I mean, I honestly, the first. Okay. Um, I'm up to T. I will go with Tim Burton. Nice. Uh, you. Ooh, good luck. Now we're to the hard part of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a fan of his work, but Uwe Ball. Oh, hey, what a pull. <laughs> That's a good one. V. V. Okay. V, V, V. I will go with big pause because I don't actually have anyone to go with yet. So I'm <laughs> through for <laughs> Oh, V. I'm thinking there's got to be a Victor somewhere. I'm going to give the owner five. Uh -oh. I, I used up my, my V with Lars von Trier. I already used that for L. I don't even know if first or last name. Oh, in that is oh, well played. Damn. Oh, man. Got it all the way to V. That's that impressive. Is... Kyle, do you have a V good. in store? That's the thing is I, I'm glad I'm glad it was you, my friend, because I could not think of a V. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't think I would have pulled you a bowl. So I think I would have been out on either you or V. Right. That, that was great, though. We took it all the way that I mean, we've never taken it to V. So that was that was impressive. Yeah, for real. We not gotten that far i can't think of anyone with a v so the internet might tell yeah. me let's see i want to i want to cheat and say Werner herzog but that's a w great w one though yeah i want to see the baby <laughs> oh man by the way guys mando are you caught up no yet, i hate it okay kyle's three episodes um, behind everyone Three. Email us and tell us that Kyle needs to watch Mandalorian. Just, just blame my roommate. He has never seen it, and he finally agreed to start watching it. So we're back in uh, the first season, which I, I'm okay with as long as I get to convert another fan. <laughs> okay, so you know that that's going to make you sure that you watch all the food and pay attention to all the food. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait now watching it with that perspective. <laughs> all right, so this means Kyle is our winner for today. Uh so, what's the order for today's draft? Um, okay, I think, man, I, it's tough. Micah mentioned earlier, just like figuring out what you guys are going to go with. I don't want get, I want, I don't want anything stolen. So I'm going to go ahead and have the first pick, um, and then we'll have Damon go second, and Micah will have the turn. Um, all right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and kick things off. Uh, for my first pick, I'm going to go with a pair that I'm honestly really surprised has not happened yet. Uh, they're both very, both of them have very unique presences in Hollywood. Um, whenever they're in a movie or making a movie, you just know what kind of thing you're going to get. So I'm going to go with, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and Jim Carrey. Um, Ooh. I just, I love both these guys so much. One of my favorite directors, one of my favorite actors. And I'm just really, again, like kind of shocked that they've not made a, a film together yet. Uh, especially kind of later in. Jim Carrey's career, he's really branched out and in some really interesting stuff. Um, I, I just think that like Paul Thomas Anderson has this really incredible, unique ability to make movies about like broken people and give us like incredible performances from it. I mean, his last film, Phantom Thread, is one of my favorites. Daniel Day Lewis, they've worked together, you know, obviously there will be blood, but I, I love Daniel Day-Lewis and Phantom Thread. That was like a bit of a swan song for him. I don't know that. I think he's retired uh, after that. And so, like, Jim Carrey, I think this is the perfect time for him to do something like this. You know, he 
he hasn't done a lot recently, but I think that he still has that incredible like Oscar winning performance left in him. Um, we've seen him do it before. I mean, I love him in, in Man on the Moon. I think he is incredible in the Truman Show. And I think that Paul Thomas Anderson, his movies also like they give us great performances, but there's also some potential for some great comedy there, too. Um, you know, that's Jim Carrey's bread and butter. But uh, Paul's movies have a really unique kind of style of humor. Um, and so I just love to see this pair. I could see Jim Carrey playing, you know, like maybe a, like a washed up comedian or something. And, and he's kind of at the end of his rope and he, you know, has has one tour left or something. And, and just I could see this really great, very like heartwarming performance from him. But him just really like. It, he's a guy at the peak of his game right now, and I would I would love to see him give one last kind of real, you know, Oscar-winning performance because it doesn't seem like he's really doing much anymore. So I miss Jim Carrey. You know, I miss seeing him a lot in movies. Um, but, yeah, I think this pair is kind of a match made in heaven. I'm surprised it's it's never happened yet. Oh, man, I absolutely love this idea. Anything with Jim Carrey, I'm signing up on immediately. Um, I actually asked my roommate the other day, What's our, you know, what's your favorite Jim Carrey movies? Go, because we were watching. Um, oh man, what, what were we watching? Bruce <clears throat> Almighty, and it's a good one. So funny, and watching it, you see just like Jim Carrey's so relatable. Like he's he's a very he gives you the idea that you know he's this super funny person, great with the phys- physical comedy and the lines, but he's so relatable and very empathetic, especially in these roles. Like he he is other than the roles where he's like a this out there absurd character of course you know those are amazing but the ones where he's more of a normal person you know having fun with dick and jane uh bruce almighty until he turns <laughs> into god uh, liar liar you know he's these normal people that these absurd things happen to and you see him trying to go through it and react and i i think he just shows so much humanistic qualities in those roles um to be able to and of course his dramatic roles are probably my favorite you know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless oh, Mind. So good. The true. Even 23 people, you know, are very divisive on that. But I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Kyle. Oh, sorry. So, go ahead, Damon. No, no, you go ahead. Uh, what, what do you Kyle, you, uh, you, that was a good pick uh, with the first one because you snagged my favorite director right out from under me. That was my top director on my board. Oh, no. no that's Gosh. good. I like it. And and so much of what you said, you can't see me. I was, I was nodding vehemently because – one of the things I love about Paul Thomas Anderson, I actually didn't have him with Jim Carrey. I'm not going to reveal the actors that I had him possibly. I had four actors listed as possible pairs with him. But the thing I love about um, Paul Thomas Anderson and why I think Jim Carrey would be such a fantastic pairing, I completely agree, is he's great at um, taking actors and writing roles specifically for them that are like a little bit against type. Right? I'm thinking specifically of Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. Oh, and- yeah and uh, Tom Cruise in Magnolia, yeah. right? Where he takes these actors and he gives them perfect parts for them, but it's just a little bit different from what you're expecting. And um, I think Jim Carrey would be perfect. I like what you said, how it's really, even though Jim Carrey's still, you know, very much in the public consciousness, it's not like he's made a big movie in a while. Yeah. And I think it would be an incredible um, opportunity uh, if they paired together for him to kind of make some huge splashed with almost like career defining role so kudos to you uh don't worry i've got like 20 other directors on my board well managed but uh uh, you can't go wrong with a a paul thomas anderson pick for sure 
you really um I, I think Jim Carrey really deserves another like movie to put him back on track like especially later on in his career what was the last successful movie he had um can y'all even it was, think of it it was like, probably I mean I don't know about movies I know he has that show kidding on Showtime which is really great um but yeah, it's been a while, and I just feel like, especially too after Uncut Gems, I'm like, okay, I want to see this kind of resurgence of these really great comedic actors who also just suddenly turn in incredible Oscar-nominated performances. Adam Sandler should have been nominated for an Oscar, but you know that's the world we live in. He was not. But anyway, I just I think it's the perfect time. Jim Carrey, I, he's one of my favorites, and he's still got it in him. I, I mean, you talked about Eternal Sunshine. That is one of my all-time favorites like he is just pitch perfect in that movie so i'd love to see what he did with uh with someone like paul thomas anderson and if you guys ever wanted to talk oscar snubs i would say which would be a great draft by the way yeah um, i would say jim carrey in the truman show would be like top five pick for me for sure i mean it truman show is one of my all-time favorite movies i've seen it so many times uh and honestly it's just an incredible performance and i think the only Oscar that that movie got nominated for nominated for was Ed Harris for best supporting actor. Uh, he's great in the movie. Uh, um, but that is just one of the most brilliant movies. The fact that it didn't get nominated for like screenplay is just a crime against the Academy, but that's a whole, a conversation for a whole other time. <laughs> yeah. It is. Well, I'm just glad Jim Carrey got picked. Um, and I didn't have him on my board, so I'm okay with it though. I'm glad he got, got drafted because Oh man, him and Paul Thomas Anderson would be a really fun combo to see on TV. All in all movies. You know, with it's crazy though, because these movies might end up being on TV streamed yeah, directly. That's true. If they're ever made. What a weird world <laughs> we live in. So uh we have the first pick, so I'm gonna go roll with my second one. Um not really sure if either of these were gonna get picked too soon, but I didn't want to chance it. So I'm going to be going with Anya Taylor Joy and Guillermo del Ooh, Toro. I like that a lot. That is wonderful. Yes. And I mean, for one, you just, you, you look at Anya Taylor-Joy's performances. Um, you know, she's in Thoroughbreds, uh, The Witch, and of course, recently, The Queen's Gambit, which I kind of want to do this just because we could talk about The Queen's <laughs> Gambit a little bit, because uh, I love that fucking show so much. So like, I'm actually in the middle of watching it. Don't worry. If you spoil it, I don't care. I don't want to I don't want to uh, ruin the conversation. So by all means, say whatever you want to say about it. I've watched the first three episodes and I agree. It's fantastic. Um, I'm probably going to finish it up uh, next week when I have a little time during this Thanksgiving break. You know, you just see her. She She's able to talk so much without saying anything. The way her eyes shift, her mannerisms. Uh, she gives so much uh, emotion and personality in her body talk. And so I love that. And with Del Toro, you, you get such a weird wonder world of crazy and dark and grim. But it's so wonderful at the same time. Uh, Del Toro makes these lovely breathing worlds that uh, it's like kind of like adult fairy tale worlds. And I would love to see Anya Taylor-Joy like be transported into one of those with she kind of looks like a fairy already yeah you know like that that face is just like it's almost like a very fae like and so i would love to see her kind of interacting with these larger than life characters and creatures that del toro would craft um, i'm seeing kind of like almost maybe like a i don't i really don't know what kind of 
story, but I definitely want this a new world uh, that she would maybe be either be a part of or travels to. Uh, and so we can see her interact and react and to see it going on in her mind. And, and I just think that'd be really fun. Damon, so, I think that's think? an incredible pick. I, I'd say right now I, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is I think we are all on the same page with directors we love. The bad news is now I'm having to rifle through my board because uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was the first director on my board and Guillermo del Toro was the third. So <laughs> no worries. I've got plenty, but again, um, I think that's great. Um, I think he's a phenomenal director. Um, in particular, he's a great director, I think, of actresses specifically, right? I'm thinking of uh, Pan's Labyrinth is probably one of my top 20 favorite movies of all time. I just think it's absolutely incredible and maybe the most visually stunning movie really I've ever seen. Um, and I know people were pretty divided on The Shape of Water. A lot of people thought like um, it was maybe overrated or shouldn't have won Best Picture. Personally, I loved it. And I uh, it might not have been my Best Picture pick that year when it won. Um, but I think it's an incredible movie. And um, who's the lead actress in it? Sa Sally Hawkins gives an incredible performance. Um, and I like what you said about Anya Taylor-Joy's face being so expressive because in The Shape of Water, um, her she she doesn't speak right in the movie, and and yet her performance is so like vivid in it, and so I think that that would just be an incredible uh, combination. I had him with a different actress as my pairing. Hopefully, uh, I'll still be able to snag that actress later. But um, Guillermo del Toro is off my board. But I think those Paul Thomas Anderson, Guillermo del Toro, you guys snagged maybe my two favorite directors, one A and one B. So uh, nice nice start to the draft. I like it. <laughs> good i like this you know showing that we are kind of all on the same page which is nice and going to be very heartbreaking with all with all of our draft boards uh kind of filling up really quickly and i mean what, yeah, so what do you think about is, that this Kyle? is a perfect pairing um i i did not have del toro so i'm glad he got picked but i did i certainly had taylor joy uh I, yeah, you knew it. I mean, we talk about Queen's Gambit all the time already. I, I love her so much. Uh, I love what yeah, you both of you, I'm just echo both of you. Like she does, she look, has that otherworldly quality to her just in the way she looks. Uh, we were watching the Queen's Gambit and Nadia was just like, she's just too pretty. Like she's too pretty to exist. <laughs> like That's kind of the quality she has. And she is so damn good. And I mean, she's still a fairly new actress, but she's already like she just blew me away in the Queen's Gambit and the Witch and, you know, Glass and Split. Like she's just consistently an incredible actress. And if you pair her up with someone like Del Toro, like that's just a home run right there. She hasn't really I mean, she I would say the Witch is the closest she's come to being paired up with a really, truly like uh, auteur. I mean, Robert Eagers is still a fairly new voice, but he's great. But if you pair her up with someone like Del Toro, you cre you're creating art like that's going to be a beautiful film so that's that's a great pick exactly i wanted to just be visually just haunting and striking and i think they would pull that off so well so i'm glad i got it um all right then that, that has our first two picks so micah you wanna i will so to be clear does this mean i get back-to-back -back picks like a snake draft sir. oh wow what yes, a luxury sir. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So PTA and Guillermo del Toro are off the board. Um, all right. For my first pick, I think I could probably wait on this director a little bit. Um, and I think he maybe be safe, but I don't know. But I, I don't want to miss out on this actor. And I have a feeling if I wait too long, he will definitely be snagged. And I think this would be a perfect pairing. So my first pick, I'm going to go with Richard Linklater and Adam Driver. Um, I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm thrilled that Adam Driver uh, made it to the third pick because I figure he is very high up on a lot of people's boards, uh, obviously. Uh, you know, we love Adam Driver. We love Kylo Ren and all the other things he's been in. He's so amazing. the reason I, I put him with Richard Linklater, so um, I love Richard Linklater, and I think he's like the best writer and director of dialogue. Um, people, are you guys fans of the Before Sunrise trilogy? A hundred percent. I Oh, sorry, what did you say, Damon? Okay. I haven't seen them, actually. Uh, um, they, I, I think they're brilliant, right? It's basically just three movies of two people falling in love, and uh, it, they basically take place in real time. Um, so, like, a two-hour movie takes place basically over uh, a couple hours of time. Um, and he's a, just a fantastic writer of dialogue. And Adam Driver, of all actors right now, he's probably my favorite just deliverer of dialogue. Um, I loved Marriage Story. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was great in Joker last year, but personally, I would have absolutely given Adam Driver that Oscar. Um, you know, Adam Driver is great at picking... He's worked with a million different great directors already, right? He's worked with Martin Scorsese. He's worked with Spike Lee. He's worked with a bunch of other directors who might come up later in the draft, but he has not worked with Richard Linklater. Um, I'm thinking of a movie that maybe you guys haven't seen. It was kind of a, a, a really small movie called Patterson. Have any of you guys oh, seen it? Great movie. Um, where he basically just plays a, a bus driver who writes yeah. poetry on the side. And that is basically the entire plot. Um, it's not directed by Richard Linklater, but it feels very much like one of his movies. Just a very quiet movie that's very introspective and about a character developing over time in these really small ways. Some people might say there's not really a plot to it, but to me, that doesn't really matter. I just more like the atmosphere and the character development. So between Richard Linklater's ear for writing and directing dialogue and Adam Driver is just being such a great speaker of it, I think it would be a dream pairing in pretty much any role. I would, I would love to, to see that movie happen. Wow. I'll let Kyle take this. He is the resident Linklater. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I love so. me some link later. So you brought up marriage story and you brought up uh, Patterson. Yeah. I mean, I, he's, I would say to add to that inside Lewin Davis, he's worked with the three of just like the, my favorite screenwriters in Hollywood. You got Jim Jarmusch, you got uh, Noah Baumbach and you've got the Coen brothers. And then Rich, Richard Linklater is right up there as well. And I agree. I mean, Adam driver is the perfect kind of vessel for that kind of writing. Um, Patterson, by all accounts, I should have been bored to tears, but it was so poetic and so just kind of like it's like a pleasant watch. And I think he's the perfect actor for that kind of role. So, yeah, I would love to see him uh, like with Linklater's writing. Uh, I think that, um, you know, we're doing directors, but I with Linklater, I mean, he's almost certainly going to be writing it as well. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's a perfect pairing. Um, Adam Driver is just such an interesting actor. Like he always, I, I've liked him for a while, but he always manages to surprise me because he always has something new to bring to a movie. I mean, even so I might catch some hate for this. I know a lot of people love this movie. I'm not the biggest fan of the movie. What if, or I guess it was originally called the F word uh, with Daniel Radcliffe and Adam Driver. Not a big fan. I do love rom-coms. I think that one kind of missed it for me, but he is clearly far and away the best part of that movie uh and i would love to see kind of that side of him in a link later movie the more comedic side but he he's just i mean that's that's a perfect pairing micah because they're both just so poetic and both of those guys just very very much like value words so i i would love to see that 
I love this. I mean, I, I think we all are in agreement that Adam Driver is probably going to be one of the most successful actors of the younger generation. You know, well, he's not even that young, but you know, right now, like, I feel like he's just going, you know, on a rise to stardom. And he's so intense, but he can be very soft. And like you said, he's also pretty funny when he wants to. He has very good timing. His his skits oh, so funny. on SNL. Did, did you guys see him uh, recently by chance on uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? Yes. Oh, my God. It's no. So <laughs> right, so John Oliver has this recurring bit where he uh, always talks about uh, – wanting Adam Driver to do various Adam. inappropriate things to him. And then Adam Driver <laughs> FaceTimed him in the last episode. And it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, highly recommend watching. So funny. Oh, but this combo, I mean, Linklater, he, I feel like he's really good at like showing atmosphere in between his, his scenes of dialogue. And he's great at both. And I feel like Adam Driver would excel for with the dialogue as well as being quiet and silent and letting just the scene breathe. I, I think Adam Driver is his his intensity would excel at that. So I think this is a great combo right here. Um, I'd be the most anticipated of our first uh, round uh, as far as the fans go. I think that might, one might would be like getting a lot of tickets. That'll be pretty good. I the only thing it. I have to add is I just had sex and now I'm eating nachos. Which is uh, not correct, but it's from uh, that. That is the best Adam Driver line in What If that Kyle brought that up. I I couldn't resist. It cracks me up every time. Uh, you're lucky my wife is not here next to me because uh, she loves the movie What If. I think that's her favorite Daniel Radcliffe performance, even more than Harry Potter. And we are, as you guys are enormous Harry Potter fans. Oh. Um, but uh, it it it's a you know mileage can vary, but uh. I'm a big fan of that rom-com. And Adam Driver, I agree, is definitely the funniest and best part of that movie. So would you think this movie would end up being kind of like, just kind of like one of those slice of life movies, you know, just kind of not anything super intense, but just yeah, kind of, Yeah, I'm know, definitely thinking personal? of it being more along the lines of the before movies or Boyhood than, say, like School of Rock, which I love. Uh, but, uh, you know, the oh, nice so thing about Richard Linklater is he can do... You know, he kind of gets pigeonholed as this kind of like, you know, director of these very low key movies, but he he varies it a lot, you know, and he can do movies that are more plot oriented. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking more of one that, like you said, is kind of like a slice of life character study. I'd love to see. I'm in. Uh, sign me up. I want to see that. I want to see more Adam Driver movies. Which I should, should I move on to my next pick. So, all right, got a lot of so. a lot of options here. Um, and with this next director I'm going to take, I had like, this is the one that I wrote the most possible actor combinations with this director. So I'm thinking through which one I want to use the most. So it's really a two director in one, but if I, uh, so I think you know already where I'm going with, but I'm going to go with the Coen brothers. Uh, I think that's fair to, to say that that's really, they, they function as one. Joel Coen, if I have to pick one, he's usually the lead director on the movies. And I have a bunch of actors here, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm thinking, how could these two not have made a movie together? But I, I can't think of any movie uh, directed by the Coen brothers that this actor has appeared with. So I'm going to go with the Coen brothers and Bill Murray. Have we had any Bill Murray Coen brothers collaborations that you guys can think of? Wow. Um, I don't – I'm looking through their – their filmography so, I don't think um, so. And so hopefully that's I think that's a fair pick then uh, even though uh, it seems impossible because they've both been making movies now for over 30 years right I mean these guys have been making movies the the, the Coen brothers and Bill Murray have been in movies 
going back to the, the mid eighties. Um, and yet they haven't been together. And I think they would be perfect for so many reasons. So first of all, I'll start, um, I love the Coen brothers, um, along with probably Paul Thomas Anderson, probably my favorite directors are the Coen brothers. Um, my favorite movie of all time is the big Lebowski, which is, I mean, I don't know what more can be said about how fantastic the big Lebowski is in college. I probably watched it like once every other month for several years and it is so hilarious and the Coen brothers are great at you know taking actors and I could see this movie going in a lot of different directions right they can make actors who are normally serious be really silly I'm thinking of a movie like Hail Caesar where there's a lot of just like really wacky performances from people like uh Josh Brolin and Channing Tatum and Scarlett Johansson who aren't usually super wacky um, and then there are also great directors of comedy, right? So John Goodman in The Big Lebowski is probably one of the funniest performances of all time. You never really know what you're going to get from a Coen Brothers movie. It's always going to be a little bit askew in some way. And so I could see this going in any number of directions. I could see it being a comedy with Bill Murray being in it. I could see it being a more serious movie um, like um, Fargo, which is also really darkly funny. Um, or even No Country for Old Men and having Bill Murray do a really serious performance in it, which he's really capable of. Uh, but I'll end this kind of my, my rambling about this dream combo with one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies, which is A Serious Man. Are you guys fans of A Serious Man? Uh, Kyle, how I about you? Seen have you seen it? Um, well, I'm Go. waiting for his response. I'll just keep talking. So uh, A Serious Man is about this guy who has all of these misfortunes happen to him. And like most Coen Brothers movies, it's this really dark comedy and about how he deals with it. It's actually kind of a loose adaptation of the biblical book of Job. And I think Bill Murray would be perfect in some movie in that same vein, right? Where he's just kind of this sad sack where all these things happen. The Coen Brothers are brilliant and hilarious directors. And I can't believe that in the probably like hundred combined movies that these two have been involved in, they've never crossed paths, but I want to make it happen. So Coen Brothers and Bill Murray is my second pick. Wow. Okay. So before we, we dwell on that, we're going to go to a quick break. And we're back, guys. Sorry about that. But we are back with Micah and Kyle, and we're doing actor-director dream combos. And Micah just told us about his first uh, his second pick, the Coen Brothers, along with Bill Murray. Yeah. So Kyle, is, how do you feel about this combo? The, when you first mentioned this, Micah, like it's it's – almost like a like how have they not done this yet i mean they they work so well together um the coen brothers have such a unique voice when they make a movie um really funny story you know i i don't know how y'all feel about the garfield movie but bill murray in an interview recently (laughs) he he said that he actually did the garfield movie because he confused the writer joel cohen with an h with the cohen brother joel cohen and he was like oh great i'm making a cohen brothers movie i just that's one of my favorite stories ever and we got garfield out of it uh which is story and i maybe i i I did know that story but i completely forgotten about it until as soon as you said garfield i knew where you were going with it maybe subconsciously i was like Let's put this together in the way – you know what they should do? They should do a, a live-action Garfield remake. That's now – Hell like, yeah. Forget everything I said With before. Co- I want to see a Coen Brothers, Bill Murray, live-action Garfield. Get him in, get him in the, the motion capture suit and make that happen. I need it now. Uh, yeah, I, this is 
this is a great pick, mm-hmm. though. I mean, they work so well together. The Coen brothers, uh, I have not seen a serious man, but I... And we're back once again, guys. Sorry about that. Kyle's phone seems to not like us today. But, uh, yeah, Kyle, I, I what, what were you saying again about this combo? Shut down, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love this pick. Yeah, I mean, the Coen <laughs> brothers, they're just very unique. They make really, really unique movies. And, Michael, like you're, I like what you said about how they they can really give you either really great kind of comedic performances, or I think Bill Murray is eternally slept on when it comes to dramatic performances. Um, he, when he needs to, is just incredible. I mean, we know him as this really goofy and very funny actor, but he, in stuff like, I think the movie St. Vincent is really underrated. He is incredible in that movie. Um, even, you know, some of the stuff he's done with uh, Wes Anderson, he can really bring some of the drama to that with that kind of quirky style. But uh, yeah, he, this is a really, really excellent pairing. Um, it's kind of similar to Jim Carrey with Paul Thomas Anderson. This is kind of a, you know, a little bit of a late role for Bill Murray. I feel like he could surprise everyone. Um, and, you know, he, he also hasn't done something in a while um, other than that, the Apple TV movie he did with Rashida Jones. But I, I just, I think that he, I, it's, it's time for him to kind of come back and do this incredible movie, especially with someone as, as big as the Coen brothers and remind everyone like why he's such a, an iconic name. You know, actually he has a new movie, a newish movie from last year. Oh, HBO right. Max, The yep. dead don't die with Adam Drake that I watch. Cause I heard it was fairly funny, pretty fun. So, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I could see that combo working really well, but Bill Murray is such a fantastic actor and of you know, to see him one more time, at least, you know, I don't know how many more movies he has in him, but to see him do it with the Coen brothers, their off kilter kind of style, I think would mesh with him perfectly. I mean, Bill's able to kind of take any kind of script and run with it. He's sardonic. He's, he's very sarcastic. The way, you know, his body language to to the way he rolls his eyes and just kind of, you know, scowls a lot like I, I think it would work really well in the kind of world that the coen brothers could create um i'm not as familiar with a lot of their movies as y'all are um they're just not my kind of jam to be completely honest you know i have not seen hell caesar i've never seen fargo though i've thought about it over you the last year whether i so, want to take the dive. i haven't seen the show fargo um I, but the movie fargo is honestly one of the most incredible movies um it's although it, it's hard because it's kind of a, a low key movie, even though it has such this high reputation. So I fear that people can go in with kind of the wrong expectation of what it's going to be. Um, but it's just like this really quirky, really bizarre black comedy. Um, but it's just a brilliant movie. Well, I'm really getting into like the more, you know, offbeat and really th- those kind of low key movies. I'm really starting to enjoy those a lot more, you know, because movies. Uh, for the longest time, I really wanted the event movie, something with a lot of action or a lot of plot. But lately, I just really like being immersed into those kind of low-key, very atmospheric movies yep. that are very pleasant. Perfect, or very, But simple. everything else you said uh, is perfect for Fargo. Oh, well then, okay, I'll have to give it a shot. And I think that would be really fun to see Bill Murray in. So that's that's a really good second pick. No, I just, yeah, uh, do you have anything else to add, Kyle? I would, I would recommend Fargo just off the fact, I recommend that to anyone just because like it is one of the most unique movies I've ever seen. It just has such a weird and bizarre energy to it, which I love. I really think, I mean, I don't always love the Coen Brothers movies, but when they do 
like hit gold like that it's just it's truly it's one of one of a kind so i I recommend that to anyone but yeah this is a a no-brainer pick i think of all the ones we've done so far this one is just like the oh wow how has that not happened like i'm I just keep thinking like how have they not made a movie together but i, I can't wait to see one <laughs> we, we gotta get garfield three we've seen exactly a tale of two kitties we need <laughs> a trilogy <laughs> oh man that would be I, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, so we we've seen Jim Carrey taking off the board, Adam Driver, uh, the Cohen brothers. So I'm going to be taking uh, possibly one of the most epic directors ever, um, and I'm going with our boy Spielberg. And I wanted to pair an up and not even up and coming. He's here, and he he needs he needs a huge big movie to show everyone just how amazing he is. Mm. And that's going to be John Boyega. Yes. So Spielberg, he he makes spectacles. He he makes these like larger than life movies with big budgets, great actors. Look, they look fantastic. And I think John Boyega would excel in a big time movie that lets him do the action scenes, does the one liners, uh, helps to save the people. He just has this energy and personality about him that makes me just want to watch him. And he's so fun and such a great person. Um, I think a Spielberg movie would let him really, really grow into this really great action family movie star. Um, I I think, you know, that along, I think he could be a little bit more dramatic as well, but I think this would really just catapult him into getting even more bigger roles that Star Wars really let him down on. So so my initial thoughts are great pick. Uh, Steven Spielberg was obviously on my board, as he, I'm sure, was on Kyle's, because how could you make a list of directors and not have Steven Spielberg, right? I mean, Steven Spielberg's great. Um, I mean, he's obviously one of the greatest directors of all time. But when I think of Steven Spielberg, I think incredible action and ability to to frame action scenes in just a brilliant way, and also really brilliant with emotions, right? So you can run the gamut from Jurassic Park to E.T., right? You've got You've got both of those things in there. And I think John Boyega, as we saw in Star Wars, but like you pointed out, we could have seen more of in Star Wars. And I think everyone wanted to see more of in Star Wars was John Boyega's role expanded so that he is more of the central through line with a lot of that action and that emotional depth, right? I think what happened with the the, the sequel trilogy, and this might be a hot take on on this podcast, but I'm, I'm proud to say it. Um, I actually liked the sequel trilogy a lot, including Rise of Skywalker. Um, I liked, so please don't kick me off the podcast for for that stance. Um, but I liked it a lot. But I think they were so taken with the admittedly incredible chemistry between Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver that they were like, okay, this is like the focus, right? And I don't know if that was the plan from the get-go because it doesn't seem like they have that clear of a plan from the get-go. There was but no I think plan. in The Force Awakens, they were just like, this is incredible, and this is going to be the focus of our trilogy, um, which is, I think, most people, even people who don't like the sequel trilogy, would say that that is the highlight of it, their incredible chemistry between them. But it did end up really shortchanging um, Oscar Isaac and especially John Boyega. So I think agreed, putting him in a Steven Spielberg movie, having him be the headline, like you said, could really make him like, I mean, he's already a household name, but kind of uh, a top list bankable movie star. And I would love to see it. So great pick. Thank you. Yes. I mean, he, you know, really Finn needed a much more prominent role. I really thought they were going to get it in Rise of Skywalker. 
Um, you know, I think it was going to really like lead the the troopers in a much bigger way. Um, but it's like just like one kind of like a one scene thing. Like he really isn't there to do much in the movie except for kind of those connections with with her and then with Lando. But I felt like they really, like you said, they just honed in on Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley because they really they they popped. Like their chemistry was amazing. That's true. But Star Wars isn't about just one one you know one thing ever. It's always about everything going on, like tying all the plot lines together in a really good way. You know, they've done it to some success here and there in the prequel series and in the regular. Uh, the regular, uh, the sequel trilogy, I felt like just the fact that it was not planned. They did not know what they were going to do. So it just sucked for Finn and it sucked for uh, Poe. Their, their characters really could have shined a lot more, but it didn't. So Kyle, what, did you, what do you think about this combo? Uh, yeah, this is this is great. Um, I you're talking about how Boyega kind of deserves this and deserves. I agree, he deserves a lot better than what he was given with the sequel trilogy. I also think Spielberg is due for a real return to form. Um, I don't know, you know, if this is shared by many people. I haven't been too impressed by the last maybe few Spielberg movies. I mean, Ready Player One, I was okay with. Other than that, like Bridge of Spies and The Post, I just I'm ready for another big spectacle movie from Spielberg, you know, the like, summer blockbuster. And I think Boyega is like the perfect pick to spearhead that. Um, he has just such a natural charm to him, even before the Star Wars movies. He's so good in like Attack the Block. Uh, I just think that he has a real like leading man quality to him. And yeah, I, I agree. There are things I like about the sequel trilogy. There are certainly things I don't like. One of the things is certainly like he really got sidelined. I remember when Force Awakens ended, I was like, wow, Finn is the most interesting Star Wars character I've seen in a long time. Just the fact of a, a stormtrooper who has deserted that and kind of forged his own way is so incredibly fascinating. And then he got really sidelined the next two movies. Um, so that was a bummer for me. But he, I think that uh, John Boyega, it's, it's really funny to see how vocal he is about that on Twitter. I'm <laughs> very upset about that. Rightfully so, but I just I love seeing how he's just like, no, I'm ready for my my real lead role, uh, and I, I think we should give it to him. Like I'm really excited about what he has in the future. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets picked up by Marvel. Um, yeah. I think he's incredible, <laughs> but uh, I would love to see him do Spielberg first. I think this is a really good pairing. Uh, yeah, I just give me the next Spielberg spectacle movie because I kind of missed that. I, I miss seeing a big blockbuster from him. I wasn't the biggest fan of Ready Player One. I liked a lot of it, but it not a lot of it came through for me. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see these two together. Right. What, what was that, Michael? Oh, I was just going to say, um, and when you were talking about this, um, it made me think, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of reboots. I'd rather see an original or a new story rather than just retread one. But, man, if, if, if they ever – I know they've kind of – danced around it and they kind the last one was kind of a half-hearted reboot who knows if they were going to reboot indiana jones yes yes, John Diego yes could crush it i mean that would be a great pick yes. so, yeah that would be amazing i could so see john in the hat and the and the jacket with the whip he would kill it that you know i don't know if indiana jones should be rebooted but i feel like 
it's going to happen at some point, and why not have it with Spielberg and John Boyega? I like it. That, damn, I, I, I dig that. I, I think that's what I want to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we now have a Spielberg-directed uh, new Indiana Jones reboot with John Boyega coming next fall. So <laughs> bring us with your next pick. All right. Um, so I'm going to go with one that I, I want to shift gears a little bit. I started with, you know, PTA and Jim Carrey. Uh, I really want to see that. Probably my favorite director working right now is Denis Villeneuve. Um, so I want to see him work with uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, so Daniel Kaluuya, obviously of Get Out fame. He's also in uh, Black Panther. He's in my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Um, he is just crushing it right mm-hmm. now along with Denis, I think they're both two relatively new voices in Hollywood. They've been around for a minute now, but they're, they're two voices in Hollywood that are really starting to hit their stride. Um, Denis Villeneuve has just made, like, I think he has, as far as I'm concerned, a perfect track record. Uh, I've loved everything he's made. Blade Runner 2049 is probably one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time. Um, I, it e- easily surpasses the original for me. And I would love, you know, I love when he does just straight dramas and, you know, stuff like Prisoners. But I think he really excels with, with sci-fi. Obviously, he's got Dune coming up next year. Um, and so I, I really want to see him bring kind of like a heavy sci-fi drama with Daniel Kaluuya at the forefront. Daniel just has really impressed me. He's just, he's got a real intense quality to him. Um, he, especially in his eyes. He does. He's one of those actors that does a lot with his eyes. Uh, like I said, he's in my favorite episode of Black Mirror, 15 Million Merits. He's also, you know, he's got a great uh, kind of supporting role in uh, the movie Widows, which I think is woefully underseen. Uh, just please check out Widows if you have not seen it. Uh, he he's great in that he is obviously i mean just took everyone by storm with uh get out rightfully so he's so good in that movie um i just yeah i think that he is really good at like whether he's playing a good character or a bad character he immediately you want to know more about what's going on with him and like how he got to this point because there's always there always seems to be something more going on kind of in his head and he always seems to be like kind of ahead of people like just thinking ahead so i i, I want to see them uh paired up just because that's the way Denis villeneuve works too um he's gotten similar performances from like jake gyllenhaal with enemy and prisoners where his characters seem to have more going on than what they let on and so i'd love to see him do that with with daniel kaluuya i think that like i said they're both two voices that are very um big right now you know they're they're both kind of just crushing it at the moment and so i'd love to see them paired up to make a sci-fi drama i don't know what it would be about i don't know what the setting would be but i'd just love to see daniel kalia kind of go back to sci-fi you know he's, he's done black mirror and you could say black panther was kind of sci-fi adjacent but i would love to see him go back towards like a real like heavy um sci-fi maybe in another world like who knows i would just love to see what they could do with that and uh i think that Daniel Kaluuya could, Kaluuya could easily give like a very, very compelling performance and something like that. I, I love it. Um, have y'all seen Altered Carbon on Netflix? Yes. I've not. Okay, so it's, it's like this super like cyberpunk futuristic future where people have sleaze where you can essentially live forever. You know, your your soul and mind is kind of tied to this like technological disc that you can put into other people's bodies. Um, but it's the super like action packed kind of sci-fi create like very heavy 
has aliens in it. I feel like it got canceled after two seasons. I feel like maybe this combo, this director actor combo would like destroy that story. I think like them taking on Alter Carbon would be such a cool take. I, I think like maybe that kind of world, maybe Kyle possibly yeah. would be pretty yeah, interesting. 100%. Like, like Daniel is like kind of like this PI investigator who's also kind of like this badass like ancient warrior. I think Daniel could could do both parts pretty well you know like you said he he talks you know he has a lot going on in his mind and to have that as like you know this sort of like detective would be really cool um and of course with dennis like it's just he he has just this epic scope for especially with the sci-fi movie it, it works so well i loved arrival personally yeah great um, movie another movie that just does so well with silence and letting letting everything breathe um, I think he does that exceptionally well in his movies, and I think that works perfectly with Daniel. What do, what do you think, uh, Micah? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, everything that both of you have said. Mainly, I've been sitting over here kicking myself for the past five minutes because there's my V director, Denny Villanueva. Uh, oh, right there. <laughs> there it is. How did I not think of the hardest uh, name director to pronounce. Yep. Um, so I just butchered it. You definitely win uh, the award for hardest actor director combination to spell. <laughs> notes over here uh, so I can keep track of who's drafted who. And uh, I had to make sure I, I spelled them both right. But Kyle, what you said um, when you were talking about it was you said how Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya is so good, like both with his eyes and also uh, just in terms of like. We, it, you can almost see him thinking, right? He's a very cerebral actor. Um, the eyes thing, I mean, obviously what comes to mind is the most iconic visual from Get Out, right? Of him in the sunken place, right? With his, yeah. with his eyes wide and the, and the single tear coming down his face. Um, and I would agree that uh, Denis Villeneuve, eh, as best as I can do with it, um, is also a very cerebral director, right? Um, like like uh, Damon was talking about with Arrival, which is a very thought-provoking sci-fi movie and um i loved prisoners i don't know if i'll ever watch it again i watched it once and it was one of the most intense <laughs> viewing experiences i've ever had but again he's so good at kind of getting inside of a person's brain and exploring their psyche so i think this would be uh a fantastic i agree sci-fi uh or kind of like a noirish sci-fi something bizarre um would be really fascinating here that would be not exactly a mainstream movie, but I see this being the type of movie that, um, not like a cult classic, but that, you know, a small but very committed band of fans just absolutely love and think is one of the best movies of the decade. I could see that. You know, though, after Dune, if Dune just like is everything we hope it is, I bet this movie would get pretty big billing. I'd watch it. Yeah. I, like, I, would, I think he's, he's slowly working his way more into the mainstream. I, you know, the the hipster part of me is okay with him not being there, but I agree with 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 Dune. That's kind of the one that it hinges on. I think Blade Runner was one case where even the original Blade Runner is considered kind of a sci-fi classic, but it still has a bit of like a cult following. And so the sequel was obviously phenomenal, but that was a, like it was well received by people who already love that world. With Dune, I think more people are maybe familiar with that, like that that world, and so I think that, and also we've not yet gotten a really faithful, like really good movie adaptation of that story. Um, 
I love, I, 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 in a very ironic way, love the eighties one. <laughs> it's not a good movie, but uh, I, yeah, I think if he, if he hits it with, with that one, especially with that cast, I mean, holy shit, I have to remind myself all the time, how many stars are in that movie? Like he, he's got an incredible cast for Dune. So if he, if he's successful with that, I think that could be the thing that kind of pushes him into the, the mainstream. You know, I would say with this horror, it would be really fun to see him go on a more like horror route, like mm, you know, almost yeah. kind of like a horror sci-fi. I, I can see him going really doing really well with that, with his kind of atmospheric big scope, like how how horrific he could go with it. That'd be really fun to see. Yeah, I agree. So, Kyle, that's your second pick. Uh, now you're on the turn. What is your third? All right, so for number three, um, kind of, again, switching gears as far as tone goes, I'm going to switch over to kind of a bit of like an action comedy. Uh, another f- of my favorite filmmakers, he's also a very unique uh, director. I'm going to go with Shane Black um, directing Mr. Tom Holland, uh, Spidey himself. I I think Shane Black just makes, he just makes really, really funny movies, but they're always really entertaining and really just kind of exciting as well. Um, I refuse to acknowledge the fact that he made a Predator movie. That movie does not exist. There is only two Predator movies. Uh, and <laughs> other than that, I think that he's just like, he has a really great sensibility for like comedy in the middle of like an action sequence. Um, the nice guys is a perfect example of this. He also gets some incredible, like, uh, physical comedy out of Ryan Gosling in that movie. Um, even in the movies he's written, you know, he wrote uh, all four Lethal Weapon movies. And I mean, that's the prime example of an action comedy, right? Like, that's a great buddy comedy. Uh, he also directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is, I, I think, a really underrated movie. Robert Downey Jr. is super funny in that movie. So is Val Kilmer. And I'd love to see Tom Holland, like, featured in something like that. I think that Tom Holland, uh, I've talked at length on this podcast and others, and I never shut up about the fact that I'm not a huge fan of the MCU Spider-Man. Um, but I do not, nothing about that has to do with Tom Holland. I think he is fantastic. He, in the short time we've seen him as Spidey, he's already just freaking hilarious. Uh, he just has a, a really great wit and charm to him. Um, and I want to see that in something like a Shane Black kind of R-rated comedy. Like, I think that he could have a lot of fun with that kind of role. Um, you know, Shane Black always incorporates Christmas into his movies at some point. And so I'd love to see, you know, some kind of action comedy taking place over Christmas. Uh, something, you know, like Tom Holland is is uh, like a, a bank robber or like, you know, pulling off a heist or something. I don't know. I, Shane Black could come up with something really funny and creative. But I just pairing his really witty and, and kind of uh, like sharp dialogue and direction with someone like Tom Holland, who I think is like, I think he's primed to be the next action star. If he gets out, if he is able to branch out from the MCU, I know he will be soon. Um, I know the movie that he has with Daisy, Daisy Ridley that's been delayed for like 500 years is finally coming out. Um, And then, you know, he's got the uncharted movie coming out like next year, the year after. So I know he's primed to be this new action star. I'm here for it. I think he's an incredible young actor. Um, and I think that just pairing him with Shane Black would give him, I feel like that would give him a lot of like a lot of credit because he right now is like kind of playing it safe with the MCU movies. So I really want to see, I want to see him go with a riskier route, like 
you know, a little bit of a hard edge, like R-rated action comedy. I think that would suit him really well. And I, I could see him having a, a lot of fun with it. You know, I, I like that. And this is a great combo because, I, you know, I really wasn't kind of sure where Tom Holland is going to go with his career. Um, he He's very, very broad in as far as his delivery and his skills and abilities as an actor. You know, from what we've seen of him as as Peter Parker, you know, he's quippy. He's very fun and awkward. And to see him go maybe more into a more like action comedy R-rated roles, I want to, you know, see how confident he can be in a role, how how debonair and like how suave he can be uh, because that is going to be kind of a part of being an action star perhaps, or is he going to be kind of this new wave of like the, the Gen Z action star? Is it going to be a more gentle and more um, what's the word sensitive tone where he's still going to be able to be this action star, but still also be genuine and, and maybe a little bit more gentle. Um, I think this would be a really fun one with Shane Black. You know, uh, Binge Mode actually just did uh, Iron Man 3, directed by Shane Black. And it has a bad rep as far as MCU movies go. It's definitely in the lower third, but it's still fun. You know, he really excels with uh, him working with uh, RDJ, and it's a lot of fun. I-, I never found myself bored in that movie. And, you know, that's the thing about Shane Black movies. I'm never really bored. Uh, the Nice Guys, I, I just recently watched it this uh, year thanks to Kyle and it was fantastic. I love the pacing. I love the comedic timing. Uh, the shooting was well, I think Shane Black and Tom Holland would be a really good pairing. I'm not really sure what kind of movie it would end up being, but I think I would be excited to watch it. What do you think, Micah? I mean, I don't have a, a ton to add beyond what you guys have said. Um, I, the only two Shane Black movies I've actually seen, well, I, I've seen the lethal weapons. Um, but I, I have not seen the nice guys. It's been on my list for, a long time of movies to watch, but I've just never gotten around to watching it. But based on this conversation, I'm just going to put that to bed very shortly and make sure I watch The Nice Guys soon because yes. I've heard only really good things about it. But I've, se- I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and obviously Iron Man 3. And like you guys said, he's he's really good at marrying together action with comedy, right? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang especially is, is really funny and also has great action in it. And um, Tom Holland is just really good at both of those things. So I think really, I think it's an obviously great pick. I think the question really becomes, do you want it to be in the in the same style as his Spider-Man, right? Kind of this quippy um, kind of PG-13 action comedy combination, or do you want to take it in kind of a darker direction, maybe a grittier direction um, to maybe subvert Tom Holland's image a little bit and maybe so he can break type from and kind of provo- avoid getting typecast in the future as because you know he looks very young and very boyish right even as he probably gets into like his 30s and 40s he'll probably kind of look like that and so it'll be a question if he wants to kind of mature his image a bit i'm thinking kind of like similarly to leonardo dicaprio right who kind of for a long time had this kind of like pretty boy teen image um and then it over time through a lot of the roles that he chose really kind of hardened that to the point where he could then be believable in really any type of performance um, as he aged. So uh, I think it would be a great movie. I think the question is just kind of what direction would that movie go? And all the ideas you guys tossed out are, are ones I'd be lining up to see. You know, the career trajectory of Tom Holland compared to Leo, I think is very fascinating. And if he would go that route, I, I would love that for Tom. I think he, he could do it. I think he has the chops. Yeah, he's he's incredibly I think he's just incredibly talented already. And 
it's really impressive how he like I think I don't know if it's his first credited role, but like I one of the first things he was in was that movie The Impossible with uh Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. And man, what a first movie to do. Like he he is so good in that movie for how young. I think he was like twelve or thirteen at the time. And like that was a it's a heartbreaking movie, but he is so good in that. So I just I'm impressed with him already. And I yeah, like I like I said, I think that Shane Black would be just a perfect pairing because I think no one would expect it and see it coming. And then suddenly this movie is just out. And a lot of Shane Black movies are really in your face, like on purpose. So I'd love to see that. And Tom Holland, just like, I'm okay with him saying like with the kind of role he does right now, because he does it really well. So I'm, I'm always okay with typecasts when they're good typecasts. So if he does that for the rest of his career, I'm totally fine with that. But if he, if he wanted to branch out and do something like this, I would be certainly a fan of that as well. All right. Well, that's certainly a good thing. So I believe we're going to go move to my next pick. So I've gone with Del Toro and Spielberg for my directors. Um, Now, my third pick is definitely a little bit different. I wanted to go a little comedic with this. And I thought, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite comedic directors of all time is Judd Apatow. I mean, He's the king of improv. You know, the movies he's allowed to breathe into life, the ones that he's he's helped write, produced, and directed, you know, he has his hands in a lot of different iconic com- comedies. Um, and so I wanted someone who, you know, maybe isn't exactly considered a comedian, but I wanted someone who excels at improv, someone who Judd would let loose and let himself cook. And you know who's really good at cooking? Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey is just like we were watching Hot Ones the other night. Uh, y'all know the uh, the Hot Wings interview show. Yeah, and uh, Matthew McConaughey was on there. He just did one a couple weeks ago, and I'm just like I could listen to him talk about anything. He, he's so captivating and charming, and you can just tell the way he talks. He he just can riff. Uh, he can just go on a tangent and take it and run with it. And Judd just loves that in his movies. He really like from what they say, they're they're essentially like we'll take take after take, just letting them go with any possibility. They'll be like, oh, hey, you know, how about you try this line this time? And they'll see how it runs. And I feel like McConaughey would just thrive in that kind of uh, atmosphere. Uh, that environment. I, I think that movie would be maybe more on the, a little bit more on the serious, serious side, you know, maybe like a kind of like a Kings of Staten Island kind of vibe but along other than like maybe knocked up, so to say, but it'd be a little bit more mature, but it would still be very funny and a little bit more dark humor. But I think Matthew McConaughey would just, I don't know. I, I think that would be a really fun take with those two together. What do you think, Micah? I love it. Um, obviously I, I love Judd Apatow movies. Um, what I and what I like about this is Matthew McConaughey is just naturally really funny, right? Uh, even if he's not really in specifically a comedy, right? Most of his movies, he's never he's always funny in movies. He's done a lot of romantic comedies, never just like a really broad comedy like this. I think it would be fun to see him kind of embrace kind of the R-rated type of humor you see in a movie like Forty Year Old Virgin or Knocked Up. And I think another reason it would be a great pairing is Judd Apatow is one of the best directors at exploring kind of coming to grips with middle age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, This is 40 is not usually thought of as his best movie, but even, uh, you know, 40 old virgin grapples with this knocked up is, is about kind of, you know, there's this trope, a lot of his movies, you know, sometimes he even gets 
criticized a little bit for its kind of repeats itself, but it's about kind of these man childs grappling with um, what does it mean to grow up and be an adult? Yep. And McConaughey, you know, has always been known as this really handsome matinee idol who recently has, you know, become much more respected. I feel like pretty much throughout the nineties and the early two thousands, people might've liked his movies, but didn't really think of him as a good actor. But now he's probably considered one of the best actors in Hollywood. And, but he's not as young as he was. I think it would be interesting, a movie that explores kind of the fact that he's this preposterously handsome person, but now kind of not the young person he always was, right? And kind of thinking about the ways in which his life is changing through that. I think it could be hilarious. Uh, and I think it could also be all of Judd Apatow's movies are somewhat serious. Even the really broad ones kind of explore um, concepts. Uh, people have really different feelings about the movie Funny People. Personally, I think Funny People, I think the first half of Funny People is one of the best comedies around. Like it's hilarious, but also really thought provoking. It ends up being kind of a little too long and having a little too much tacked on in the last 45 minutes, but it's still both really funny and a really sincere and serious exploration of like what it means to get older and grapple with mortality uh, for Adam Sandler. And I think something like that would be a perfect combination for Judd Apatow and Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I was actually, I was literally about to say the same thing about funny people. I think with that movie that really sold me. I mean, I've been an Apatow fan for a while, but funny people is the one that really put me on the fact that he, when he wants to, can make really sincere and like heartwarming stories. Um, also the King of Staten Island. I mean, it's his most recent really, really good movie. Uh, he, yeah, I, I think McConaughey, this is a really, really interesting pick, Damon, because I could definitely see McConaughey just like, he's so quotable anyway. And he mm-hmm. he's like, you know, obviously the all right, all right, all right. He's just quotable in like his normal life when he's not acting. Uh, but you pair him with Apatow and Apatow already, his movies are always quoted. So I'd love to see that kind of combination where McConaughey is always quoted because of his role in, in an Apatow movie. Um, I think that, yeah, he's, he's overdue for something like this. He, like Micah said in the last few years, he's gotten this new kind of level of respect, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, he's phenomenal and true, true detective and, you know, uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Interstellar. Like, he's, he's done an incredible amount of work recently. I would love to see him go back to just a full-on comedy. Like, you know, he, he's even great in um, earlier this year, uh, The Gentleman. I love oh, that so movie. Good. Such a good movie. And I, I was like, oh, my God, this is the Matthew McConaughey that I really want. Like someone who's really just witty, but he's still got that swagger to him, that charm to him. Um, and so, yeah, pairing him up with an Apatow script and Apatow direction would be just uh, – I think it would be classic. That could make for, like, maybe one of the best comedies in a while. So that's a, that's a really good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm just glad that I got it because I wasn't sure if someone was going to go with Judd. Um, I wasn't sure Matthew was going to be on the board, but I, I really wanted Judd because I, I love comedies. I love humor. Um, I always try to find the laughter and everything. And I think Judd has that such a great balance of of laughter and sincerity. So I think Matthew yeah. would be great in that. So I, I'm glad I got it. So that would lead us back to Mr. Micah. All right. So I'm going to get last two picks in here. Honestly, so the two I've been debating about which two directors to take for my last two. And when I when I uh, picked the Coen Brothers on the back end of my of when we went back around the first time, both of the directors I'm about to pick, I was like, there's no way either of them will be around. 
And so I was already making backup plans. But you guys went in different directions. So I'm sure that the two guys I'm going to name are probably ones that you guys are considering for the last one. So my apologies. So let me go with my first one after that big buildup. So my, my third pick is going to be David Fincher with, Lapita, with Lapita Nyong'o, um, which I think would be, would be great, right? So David Fincher, obviously just one of the most incredible directors. Um, so many classic movies, Zodiac, Fight Club. Um, I have a confession to make, uh, which maybe isn't uh, an, a great thing to say on a, on a podcast where we're talking about movies, which is I've never actually seen Citizen Kane, uh, widely regarded as the greatest movie of all time and arguably the most influential movie in American history, really. Um, but I'm definitely going to watch it over the course of the next month because I want to be ready for David Fincher's newest movie, Mank, which is about basically like the behind the scenes of the making of Citizen Kane. So yeah. that'll be an interesting double bill. Have you guys seen Citizen Kane? I have not. It's been a really long time, but I watched it when I was probably like 10 or 11. Yeah, so I'm always a little embarrassed to say that, uh, especially around friends, although they, they don't usually care because I'm, I usually know more about movies and have seen more movies than most of my friends when we're talking about them. And half of the time they're like, I don't, I've never heard of Citizen Kane. So they don't care. <laughs> but I feel like it's a hole in my, in my film uh, history. That, so I'm going to rectify that soon. I actually think it's on HBO Max. So I'll make yeah. sure to check it out before Mank. But I'm not here to talk about Citizen Kane. I'm talking about David Fincher. Obviously, he is legendarily intense and puts his actors through really grueling film shoots. Lupita Nyong'o, I think, is one of the best actors around right now at conveying intensity. Specifically, I'm thinking about Us, uh, the movie that came out, uh, Jordan Peele's movie from a couple years ago, where she's just absolutely incredible. We, we talked earlier about Oscar Crimes, the fact that she wasn't nominated for lead actress, best actress in the movie Us, I think is an abomination. She's 100%. In 12 Years a Slave, which she did win an Oscar for, um, for best supporting actress. And, you know, she's, she's great in everything. She, and I think this could be a great starring role. Uh, I think it could go in a number of different directions. David Fincher is great at kind of psychological thrillers and looking at kind of the the breakdown of a character over time, right? Obviously Fight Club is about that. Zodiac is very much about that. All of his movies to some degree. The Game is is about that same theme, kind of looking at, let's take a person and kind of strip away things from them and see how that impacts their psyche and how they deal with it. And I think that Lupita Nyong'o could A, handle and match his intensity on set because she is just a really intense performer herself. And I think she's so great, uh, both, Physically, I mean, her physical, her physicality in the work in the movie Us is incredible on its own, but also kind of exploring the depths of a person's mind. So I would love to see some sort of psychological thriller uh, between David Fincher and Lupita Nyong'o. Man, Kyle, what do you think? This is, I mean, this is a perfect pairing. I, ooh, ooh, I had Fincher. Oh, I had Fincher. Uh, but this is, <laughs> this is a perfect pairing. Lupita is just like such a talent. I mean, I, my mileage varies on us. I need to watch it again, but she was so good in that movie. I agree. She was so robbed. Uh, Should have gotten a nomination for it. And Fincher, like, you're right. He just gets these incredibly intense performances out of his, his lead roles. Um. I love Gone Girl. Uh, that's one of my favorites of his. And Rosamund Pike is just chef's kiss in that movie. She's so good. 
Um, so I'm picturing something like that, but anything, any direction he wanted to go with Lupita, I would be so down for it. Uh, she's so talented and watching like the slow progression of, yeah, like you talked about how he just, he kind of just shows us these characters kind of breaking down over time. I would love to see that with these two. Um, yeah, I, I think that he, he is just, I'm really excited for Mank. Uh, I know he's also remaking, uh, strangers on a train which is like, I never thought I would be excited for an Alfred Hitchcock remake, but here we are. <laughs> um, he, you know, he, he just, he knows what he's doing. He, these movies are long, but they earn the runtime. I mean, Zodiac, I could have watched for three more hours. That movie is just so gripping. So I'd love to see just, yeah, this, the slow burn of like Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o's character, either like breaking down or unraveling or whatever he wanted to do with that character. I would be just all in. That's a really, really good pick. What do you think, Damon? I mean, I really and y'all uh, pretty much covered everything. Lupita uh, is going to pretty much take over Hollywood at some point. She has such a presence. I want to see her in every single possible role she can do. I want to see her in comedies, action, rom-coms. I think she'd kill that. I want to see her as an action star, like have her own action franchise. I think she'd kill that. Like, I don't yeah. think there's anything she can't really do. Um, so a Fincher movie would be great. I mean, David Fincher, I love The Social Network. I love Zodiac. Watched Zodiac for the first time like two months ago, and I was just like, "Wow, this was yeah. fantastic!" I was riveted the whole time. The performances were great. The music, the pacing, and of course, Fight Club is Fight Club. Uh, we don't need to talk much about Fight Club because no one talks about that. <laughs> Not allowed to. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, they are they're they're very intense, very psychological, and so to see Lapita go through anything that Fincher throws at her would be probably a, a huge critically acclaimed movie. So that one might would end up being maybe the most successful movie out of these that we've said. I would yeah. probably put my money on, to be honest, because, I mean, Fincher has a pretty good record. So, And Lupita is pretty flawless so far. Um, would y'all say Agreed. that? Yeah, yeah, she's not missed a beat. So, uh, Shout out to her great work in the Star Wars sequels as well. She's hilarious in them. Yes, yeah, so good. Her voice work, even. I mean, she she's yeah. done that. She's done the Jungle Book. I mean, really, she's done it all already. So I just want to see her keep going and thriving. Uh, this yeah. is an absolute like home run pick, Micah. Um, so how are you going to top that? All right. Well, I'm ready for my final pick. Uh, and honestly, I'm astounded this uh, director is still around. Anyone listening is probably shouting at their phone, going, "How has he not been taken?" So I, I can't pass him up with my last pick. I'm, I'm going to go with Quentin Tarantino. So I'm going to snap Quentin Tarantino, who could have easily been the first overall director taken in this draft. Uh, and there are so many actors who I would love to see him with. And I was just scrolling through IMDb to make sure that this actor hasn't actually been in a Quentin Tarantino movie yet, because just like the Bill Murray Coen Brothers one, it just seems like they're so on the same page that it seems like, how could it not happen? Uh, I'm going to go with Quentin Tarantino and J.K. Simmons. So I, I yes. love J.K. Simmons. Um, and the reason I think this would be a great pairing is no one is better at writing uh, expletive-laden dialogue than Quentin Tarantino and having people just deliver it at a rapid pace. And there is nobody fucking better at delivering expletive-laden dialogue than J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I mean, his performance in Whiplash is one of the best and just most enjoyable. I mean, it's really intense, but it's just a blast to watch. I mean, he just destroys dialogue, even if he's not swearing. Also, uh, 
one of my favorite performances in any superhero movie is, is J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. In the, uh, the original uh, Spider-Man movies. Parker! There's just nothing funnier. Uh, J.K. Simmons can be super, super intense, like terrifyingly intense. So I would like to see him in one of these uh, Quentin Tarantino movies where he plays kind of like a, a menacing, terrifying presence uh, who everyone is is frightened of. And I'm just excited thinking about the, the idea of it. I had a lot of actors I was thinking of who would do great with Quentin Tarantino's dialogue uh, that I had jotted down. But I kept and I was going to go in a different direction. And then at the last second, I was like, I got to go with J.K. Simmons because just thinking of him just ripping th- through someone um, and just berating them endlessly uh, <laughs> with Quentin Tarantino's words and direction brought me a lot of joy. That might sound kind of perverse, but but envisioning <laughs> made me very happy. So I want to, with my last pick, that's what I'm bringing to the big screen. Wow. Okay. So I asked you to top it, and I think you might have topped it because I mean <laughs> that's a pairing in fucking heaven, man. Like, wow. I actually I had Quentin Tarantino. I was thinking about having him as my next pick. Did not have J.K. Simmons though. I had Quentin paired with Matt Damon. And That'd be I, great. Yes, I, I really like my pick, but I think your pick tops it just because J.K. would have a ball with that. Like people would probably end up watching that like that movie just to watch his performance over and over again because it would be so exciting. Like, man, I want to see this movie. J.K. Simmons needs to be in Quentin's last movie. Um how has this not happened yet? Oh, wow. I mean, I personally love JK's turn as a, as our boy Tenzin in uh, The Legend of Korra, which yes. has not watched yet. Or have you started? I have started. I'm, I'm, I think, five or six episodes in. Good. Good to hear. He's amazing at that. And really, like you said, he can be the most, the scariest person, most intimidating. And then he can just be like this gentle grandpa, like jovial, oh, yeah. in like to switch him back and forth. Is I, I love it and he's the, he's the peanut M and M. What could be more comfortable? But I, I didn't mention this. I I thought it was just kind of implied. This is going to be a live action M and M's movie. Uh, well, Tarantino would kill that. Quentin Tarantino's peanut M and M's, and it'll it'll be it's for Quentin Tarantino's swan song. He wanted to go with something unexpected, so he's just directing candy. <laughs> I respect it. He wanted to do Star Trek. They wouldn't let him, so he went to Eminem's. It's a, it's a good second choice. Oh, oh man, you have to say, Kyle. Oh, I now now all I can picture is just J.K. Simmons like, no, this is an envelope, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, that's that's the greatest thing ever. Um, this is yeah, this is another like no brainer. Like, how has this not happened yet? They are they are perfect for each other. Uh, I I will watch a movie and listen to jk simmons scream expletives all day dude he is just he's so entertaining i even love like going back to the show oz he was so good in that um and yeah whiplash damon uh, have you still not I, seen it oh is it on any streaming app because i need to watch it i don't know it, it might be on hbo max i haven't checked in a while but i'm get, i'm getting to the point where i might just mail you my copy dude because you need to watch it yeah. Obviously, this is like the fourth, fifth time we've talked about it, and I mean, I, I have it's, to. JK kills it. I, I, I know he does. So it's just so good. He's incredible. He, he is terrifying in it, but he's just so entertaining too. Some of the insults he comes comes up with are just so funny. Um, and that with, I mean, that's with 
Chazelle's writing, who's great, but with Tarantino's writing, I just he would be on another level. So, Micah, that's a really, really great pick. I love it. I will say we would be remiss if we didn't mention his turn as Detective Dillman in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, which is oh, so funny. Fantastic. <laughs> so funny. Oh, all right. Oh, Micah, do you want to break? Uh, recap your list for the people at home. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm honestly thrilled with the directors I got. Um, so my first pick was Richard Linklater with Adam Driver. Second pick was the Coen Brothers with Bill Murray in Garfield Three. <laughs> uh, my third pick was uh, a psychological thriller with David Fincher and Lupita Nyong'o, and my final pick was the profanity-laced Quentin Tarantino J.K. Simmons joint. You know what? Yes. Forget the M and M's. How about you know how people always want to like spin off superhero movies? Just give me the J. Jonah Jameson movie. Directed oh, by hell yeah. Written directed by Quentin Tarantino. Put him in the newsroom and have him just be a furious copy editor, just barking at everyone. Give me the Jonah Jameson movie. That's what I want to see. I'm so was Marvel. Please, yeah. Marvel, let it let it work. That's my, that's my quartet. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to real, really quick recap my first three picks. I have Del Toro along with Anya Taylor-Joy, Steven Spielberg with John Boyega in the rebooted Indiana Jones franchise. And then we have Judd Apatow and Matthew McConaughey in a very funny kind of a mid, midlife crisis movie of sorts. So for my fourth one, uh, I guess Micah made it easier because I was thinking about going with Matt Damon and Quentin Tarantino so that – I'm going with my other pick. So I love Edgar Wright. Mm. And I figured, why not? You know, I, I love his Cornetto trilogy. They're so funny, so well done, and surprisingly chock full of action. Like, he does action sets really well. Um, and then, of course, what else do we have from him? Um, I'm, one of my favorite movies of all time, Scott Pilgrim versus uh, The World. Like, so fun. He, he shoots it in such a fun and exhilarating way that really pays homage, homage to comic books and video games at the same time. I don't know if that will ever be like replicated. So I wanted to have this kind of not nice, like really sharp, witty action comedy. And I wanted it with this, uh, with another young star. I've gone with two so far. And I just really wanted to highlight these people because I think they're going to have such bright careers, especially this girl. Okay, this lady is fantastic in every role I've seen her in. She's super witty and really good with action sets. Okay, and I'm talking about with, with uh, Samara Weaving. Yes, yes, uh, she's been in Ready or Not. She's a uh, B in the uh, Killer Queen movies. I mean, I'm sorry, the Babysitter movies as well as the Babysitter Killer Queen movie. Uh, she is Thea in the Bill and Ted. Uh, three movie she's amazing in that by the way so funny but she just has this kind of presence about her where she's for one she's drop dead gorgeous she kind of looks like a uh, stunt double for a uh, what's her name um margot probably, robbie. yes margot robbie like literally looks just like her <laughs> but she's very funny she has a lot of really good comedic timing as you'll see in the babysitter series those movies are underrated they're they're really fun schlocky uh, campy movies. Have y'all seen them? I've only seen the first one. I have not. The second one is better, Kyle. Oh, it, wow. Okay. It takes it and runs with it. Like, it, they're like, okay, the first one was like, 
there and the second one's like okay we're just taking it to full satire we're like just going with it and micah if you like car comedies they're they're some of the best ones in a couple last couple of years so but yes so are you familiar with samara weaving uh micah uh, you know, I know who she is. Mainly, I knew her as the actress who uh, looks exactly like Margot Robbie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> after talking, I pulled up her her IMDb page, and honestly, I think the only movie I've seen her in, and I don't even remember her role in it, is uh, is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I saw a few years ago. Um, oh, but yeah. other than that, I'm I'm pretty uh, in the dark about Samara Weaving, uh, even though. Uh, your description of her fits with exactly what I would picture as someone being great in an Edgar Wright movie, right? Someone who's really witty and can do kind of that. He, he, he has the ability, the difficult ability to, to smash genres together and simultaneously do like action, horror and comedy together. Yeah. Which, uh, and have them all and have it actually be kind of a little scary and also hilarious and also really well shot action, um, which is a really hard balance to strike. And so I'm going to take your word for it. If you say that she is um, in the performance that she's doing, able to kind of balance all of that, um, I think it's perfect. I'd see it. I'll see and anything that Edgar Wright makes. Same. And before you go, Kyle, I wanted to say I see this kind of like a post-apocalyptic movie, kind of. You know, yeah. following her around the world after everything's gone to shit, um, and maybe she's kind of has to break through this like town that's ran by a crazy ass mayor. Um, and she has to help save the people. Who knows? But like, I feel like Edgar Wright would write the shit out of a post-apocalyptic comedy. I think you named the movie too, because everything's gone to shit. Just sounds like <laughs> the right title. That just sounds like <laughs> right movie. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the title right there. I love However, it. Uh, uh, yeah, Samara Weaving is great. I I've only seen her in Ready or Not and um, the first Babysitter movie, but she really, I mean, she's great in both of those, especially Ready or Not. I love that movie. I'm excited to see her in the the Snake Eyes origin movie coming out next year, the yes. GI Joe Snake Eyes. Uh, yeah, she'll be Scarlet. I'm excited for that. And then um, I'm really intrigued to watch the second Babysitter movie, but she seems like a perfect pick for an Edgar Wright movie. Uh, I'm really bummed that I've come to Edgar Wright so late in life because he's just so funny. Like I only watched the Cornetto trilogy really recently. Um, I caught Scott Pilgrim. Thanks to you, Damon, with our film festival draft. Watch that. It's a great movie. Like he's just, he's got, I really, in in another world, I really wish we would have gotten Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. It's just one of those big what ifs, but I just, he, he, he has such a fun like energy to his movies. I'm never bored watching them. They're always like really funny and witty and sharp. And so I think that she would be perfect for that. She's such a talented young actress. And yeah, I think that ready or not was great. Um, and that's probably like what I'm picturing the most with something like uh, a great movie because she, I love like she just did such a great job of someone who's placed in this really horrific situation and then just like is a badass because of it. And then like the, mm-hmm. I love at the end, you know, spoilers, I won't say too much, but like when the thing happens at the end of the movie and she just goes, I want a divorce. Oh, like right. it's just, it's so funny. It's the funniest thing. Uh, and yeah, this is a great pairing. I'm, I'm excited for this movie for sure. I love this. Thank Another great thing Edgar Wright is, Oh, sorry, it's just weird feedback on my computer right now. Um, but another great thing about Edgar Wright is um, he, I mean, there's a lot of competition for this, but he might be the director 
who makes the best music choices in movies right now. Yeah. Um, he uses music brilliantly, right? Specific, I mean, Baby Driver, obviously. Yeah, I didn't even mention Baby Driver yet. It's scored to music, but Scott Pilgrim is great music. Uh, Queen is maybe the band that has maybe had its music sampled the most really in like of any band in, in a movie in the last 40 years. And I can't think of a better use of a queen song in any movie than uh, don't stop me now in Shaun of the dead, which is yes. hilarious as they're just, as they're just beating this like zombie with a pool cue. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like the funniest thing. So the bonus, if when you pick an Edgar Wright as your director is uh, you get to also kind of fantasize and brainstorm about, uh, the various songs and the soundtrack that'd be in the movie too. I got it. I got it. So she's breaking through, like she's trying to like, she's uh, essentially doing a prison break on the town because like they're imprisoned a bunch of people, like kids and stuff. And she's breaking through and she's just being a badass. Um, what song should that be guys? What, what queen song should, should play there? Killer queen. I mean, killer queens uh, uh, is a good one. She's uh, already done it though. She's literally had a movie called killer queen. <laughs> Killer Queen too. Um, <laughs> oh man, that that would be good. Fat Bottom Girls, maybe. I was thinking Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah, that'd be a good one. But uh, yeah, I I think this one is probably my favorite, just as far as how fun it would be. I think Edgar Wright is might be my favorite director, just because of how fun I I like. Literally, I could watch his movies over and over again. Um, I'm probably gonna watch Hot Fuzz sometime this week. Yeah, Hot Fuzz hilarious. That's so my good. favorite. Oh, by the way, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg have a TV show together now. I saw that. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, right? Yes, they're like ghost hunters. Oh, mm. man, I'm so excited. I need to watch that. Yes, I don't think Edgar Wright has anything to do with it, but if those two do, I'm down. I love Simon and Nick. For sure. All right, so yeah, that, that shores up my uh, final final actor-director uh, combo. So, Kyle, you want to give us a recap of yours real quick before you give us the last pick of the draft? Sir, so um, I've got uh, Paul Thomas Anderson with Jim Carrey. Um, I've got Shane Black and Tom Holland. And I've got Denis Villeneuve and Daniel Kaluuya. Um, so for my final pick, um, you know, I, in another world, I would have loved to gone to go with, you know, I, when we were starting this, I had a couple picks of directors that have since passed away. Um, I think that, like, that's kind of the big what if. It would be great to see Hitchcock direct a lot of, like, our current actors but um but with this one i feel like this would be able to replicate kind of hitchcock style without really ripping it off um this director is probably my favorite horror director right now uh i'm gonna go with mike flanagan and florence Pugh. um so i don't know how this hasn't happened yet man like mike flanagan so he in case you don't know the name he has done uh oculus hush uh dr sleep Basically, if there's a horror movie that you've really loved in the last couple of years, he's probably been responsible in some shape or form. Um, and Florence Pugh, I mean, she she was in Midsummer, She was in uh, Fighting With My Family. She's really good in uh, Lady Macbeth, Little Women. Um, she is just on top of the world right now. Uh, I, I love both these names. I think, like I said, Mike Flanagan just understands what makes horror great. Uh, he makes some really, truly just horrifying movies. Um, and I would love to see him, you know, he does great with supernatural stuff, but I'd love to see him pull it back and go with more of a psychological route, kind of replicating the, the Hitchcock style. Cause I think like back in the day, a Hitchcock Florence Pugh movie would have been phenomenal. Um, 
but I think that we can get something very close to that with Flanagan and Florence. I think that, you know, him directing her in something like Vertigo-esque where she is, you know, either she is like that role in that movie or she is, you know, maybe James Stewart's role where she is the one kind of unraveling slowly, but just the two of them paired together, giving us kind of a psychological horror movie. I just, I, I, I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. They're both really popular names. Um, and yeah, I just, I think that she is just so incredibly talented. I'm not the biggest fan of Midsummer, but she just acts the shit out of that movie. I agree. I, I, I agree with Micah about Lupita earlier about the best actress nomination. I do think Florence deserved one as well. Um, she is just so good in that movie. Um, and I think that, yeah, if you get her paired up with Mike Flanagan, you get a really just great kind of get under your skin kind of horror movie. One that would stick with you for a while because of her performance and because of the way that he just, he knows how to build, how to build tension and how to bring just an incredible amount of atmosphere. I didn't even mention uh, Haunting at Hill House. I mean, he is so good with that as well. Um, yeah, I just, he's just, he understands what makes horror work. And he doesn't rely on cheap jump scares. He just knows how how to build tension and, and really le- legitimately scare people. Not for like a quick jump, but like he knows how to get under your skin to where you're still thinking about that one particular scene, you know, hours later. And so I'd love to see the two of them paired together. I think that they could bring like this really great, iconic horror movie that would like live live on for like years to come like maybe make another the witch like just one of those horror movies that just like redefines the the genre oh man i love this uh what do you think micah um honestly i don't have a ton that i can add horror is i like a good horror movie it's just not the genre that i'm most well versed in and i was going through as you were talking mike flanagan's filmography I actually don't think I've seen any of those movies. If you would recommend one, Kyle, Doctor Sleep, one Mike Flanagan movie, you'd recommend me checking out. One hundred percent, Doctor Sleep. It's if you like The Shining, even if you don't, it's it's an incredible movie. I do like The Shining. I've never read The Shining, uh, but I, I have seen the movie multiple times, um, and uh, I have heard pretty good things about Doctor Sleep. So I will certainly take up your recommendation. Um, and then Florence Pugh, um, who obviously is now one of like the biggest young actresses in Hollywood. Um, like I said, I have a 10-month-old baby who normally I, I'm pretty cut up on movies. But between my wife being pregnant last year and then us having the baby this year, it slowed down my watching schedule, as you might imagine. And so I actually missed both Midsummer and uh, Little Women, which are both on my list to watch. So uh, looks like I've got some some films to plow through so that I can give better contributions to this Mike Flanagan, Florence Pugh pick, which sounds like a great pick. It really is because I mean Florence was so great in Midsummer. Like it's not one of my favorites either. I still don't know how I feel about it, but watching her and it was breathtaking. Um, she was so good in it the whole time. You know, seeing her just react with these people and seeing her kind of take this development of progression, which was kind of I don't know. We won't talk too much about that movie, but she's so striking of an actress. I think working with Mike Flanagan in like a psychological thriller horror movie would be, would be just fantastic. I love Mike Flanagan from Dr. Sleep to Haunting of Hill House. Those are two of my favorite horror films properties in the last 10 years, hands down. Haunting of Hill House might be my favorite season of TV ever. Like I was literally like, just like on the edge of my seat the whole time, just like waiting, wanting to know what was about to happen, what was going to happen next episode. The bit neck lady episode was 
Just, oh. oh man, I'm getting goosies talking about it right now, man. <laughs> just, just it's crazy. Mike Flanagan knows what horror is. He knows how to make you feel these things. He knows how to get in your head. And so for like a psychological horror with Florence, who <laughs> I would love to see her character unravel, like just breaking down, seeing things that's not there, not knowing what is and isn't would be fantastic. I love this pick, Kyle. This is my favorite pick of yours. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Oh man. Uh, that is a list. Like I-, I love that we went with the horror movie too for last because horror needs it's it's kind of been revitalized in the last few years. You know, you have hereditary, you have the witch, and even then even before you had the conjuring series kind of bring us into a new era. And I think Mike Flanagan is going to be one of the pioneers of this era. I think he's just going to be bringing us a lot more. They're even talking about another sequel to Dr. Sleep, which yep. is uh, supposed to follow uh, the the bellhop, I believe. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Follow him more. So, yeah, um, this is a great A pick. I think Florence is going to be ruling. I think every young actor we picked, actually, they're going to be all winning Oscars. Of course, a couple already have, so... Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. Oh man! So, how did y'all feel about that draft, guys? I uh, I feel great about my picks. I'm looking at my my board here, and I still have so many directors uh, who I was so excited to pair with actors. And I was like, I need like ten more rounds to get all <laughs> to get all of my choices. In. So hopefully there'll be a, at least an honorable mention section because I've got. Uh, I'm thrilled with the quartet I ended up with, but man, I easily could have picked a different four directors and pair them with different actors and been just as pleased with my list. I guess the, the point is there's, there's a lot of good working directors right now uh, who haven't yet worked with actors I'd love to see them work with. So really my takeaway is Hollywood, listen to this podcast, get these guys together and make some of these movies happen. Yes, I agree. Sure. And actually, since you said that, let's go ahead and go over our, uh, our honorable mentions, the, the, the teams that we could not draft. Oh my God. Uh, Micah, who do you have? Who do you have that you couldn't uh, draft on your top four? Okay, so this is one I'm. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite directors and uh, one of the biggest directors around. So I, I'm a little surprised he didn't make it off the list. Um, so one of them is Christopher Nolan. Um, and I know people's. Uh, some people love Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher Nolan. Some people maybe don't love his style. What are your guys' stances on Christopher Nolan? <laughs> I I love Nolan. If you, if you were to listen to most of our podcast episodes, we mention him in some capacity. Um, yeah. my, my, our film festival draft, I definitely had Inception on there. Um, I love the Dark Knight. He's great. I definitely Thanks, am man. kind of, uh, what's the word? Iffy on the last few he's done, you know, not the biggest fan of Dunkirk. Interstellar was fun, but also not a top for me. And I still haven't seen Tenet, but I've heard about all of the, uh, sound mixed reviews. <laughs> uh, yeah. no, I've not seen Tenet either. I think the only people who've seen Tenet are, uh, Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins on <laughs> I think they're going to The actor, uh, I love Christopher Nolan. Um, I want to see Tom Cruise in a Christopher Nolan movie. And the reason oh, why, wow. because no one is better. There's no better director at, um, at doing big action scenes, but he's very practical. He makes practical effects, right? And he, he doesn't do a lot of CG. I mean, there is CGI in his movies, but whenever possible, Christopher Nolan likes to make his action scenes practical. And there is no one who loves jumping out of a helicopter and doing stunt work more than Tom Cruise. So uh, I don't care. It could be the next Mission Impossible movie or it could just be a different movie. But I don't really care what it's about. 
just whatever action sequences Christopher Nolan wants to dream up. And Tom Cruise will be like, I'm 60, but I'm jumping down this mountain. Let's do it. I want to see that movie. So uh, that was my first honorable mention pick. That's amazing. I love that. You know, what What do y'all think about uh, if Tom Cruise had just been an interstellar instead of McConaughey? I mean, I love McConaughey just for that one scene when he's watching his kids grow up and it's devastating. So I wouldn't want to replace that. But Tom Cruise with Christopher Nolan does make a lot of sense. I think that they would pair together really nicely. I agree. Kyle, what's one of your first uh, honorable mention pairings? Um, so one that I had was uh, this was one where like a lot of these, it's hard to really pitch a concept with these two. I just wanted to see the pairing. But one that I could e- easily see a concept is I would love to see um, Mike Mann direct Henry Cavill in a James Bond movie. Uh, I just, I love all three, I, all three of those things. Mike, Mike, Michael Mann, um, you know, he directed my favorite movie of all time, Heat. He directed Collateral. Uh, I think he is just a fucking incredible director. Um, and uh, Henry Cavill. So I, I've been pitching this for a long time. I, I love the Idris Elba pick. I think he's a great idea for James Bond, and I'm totally. If he ends up being the next James Bond, I'm so down for that. But I think Henry Cavill would make an incredible, like, suave James Bond going back to the the real, like, Daniel Craig has been a fun kind of intense, like, rough around the edges James Bond. If we went back to, like, a suave, you know, debonair kind of James Bond, I would love to see Cavill do that. And Michael Mann knows how to direct action. I mean, Heat has one of my favorite action sequence out, sequences out there with that that bank shootout. Um, so seeing that in a James Bond movie, I think would be so incredible. So that's that's probably my first Star mention. That'd be so cool. Henry Cavill like needs to be in all the action movies because he. I think he is our action star right now. I feel like. Yeah. He's fantastic. What do you what, do? You like that, Micah? I do. Um, I also like Michael Mann's movies. I don't think he's quite as as well versed in all of them as you, but I do like Heat a lot and like Lateral a lot and. Uh, I think it would be kind of a good, uh, you know, people's mileage might vary on Henry Cavill's Superman. I know the DC universe certainly is not uh, quite in the same league as, as Marvel's. So giving him another, but I don't think it's through any fault of him, right? Um, and not I think all. I like his take on Superman. Um, and I know they kind of, with the Mission Impossible movies, it was like, will he be it now? Tom Cruise is going to keep doing that until he's like 90. So <laughs> we'll have him keep dumping out of airplanes. Um, so I like it. I think he'd make it, that would be like the most muscular uh, Bond combination like Michael Mann, uh, James Bond, and Henry Cavill. That is just a a very physical sounding movie uh, with a lot of. <laughs> I would be very into uh, watching it. That yeah. they really would be. Yeah, I'd love that. So I had like, of course, I mentioned Matt Damon with Quentin Tarantino. Like watching Matt Damon like on The Martian with that much dialogue, uh, and just killing it. I think he would be you know, right at home in a Quentin Tarantino movie, not to mention he's from Boston. He's kind of got that kind of personality and vibe. Um, I think he, Quentin would write a, such a great role for him, at, whether it be a cop or maybe a bank robber. Um, who knows? Like, I think that'd work really well. But also, I really wanted to mention uh, this one. I think this would be really fun. Ian McGregor in Taika Waititi. Ooh, oh, yeah. That's perfect. That would be fun. But I had that down on the list because, like, I, I thought of it, like, real late last night. I'm like, well, if I go with through my first ones, I think that one would be a really, really good uh, alternative. Yeah, for sure. But, man, did, did y'all have any other really fun? Uh, I had I had so many. I don't want to 
I mean, I could talk about it for five hours. I have like a couple I could toss out real fast. Yeah, yeah, uh, just throw a couple out. So, um, here's a director. He's not one of my favorite directors, um, but I do like him a lot. But I feel like he has very much lost his way over the past several years and needs kind of a reboot, uh, which is Tim Burton, right? The mm-hmm. Tim Burton Johnny Depp pairing was great uh, for a while, but has gotten pretty stale in my mind over over the past uh, decade or so. And so I'd like to see him pair up with uh, a new actor um, who could kind of embrace his very kind of skewed viewing of the world. Um, and an actor I thought would be great. I thought of a couple. Uh, one is Lakeith Stanfield, who I think uh, can do horror and comedy. Are you guys Atlanta fans of the show Atlanta? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, obviously, I'm thinking specifically of the Teddy Perkins episode and kind of that very bizarre <laughs> horror, weird comedy hybrid. He's great in his small role in get out um did you guys see sorry to bother you i have yeah. not i need to so that's also a really weird dark comedy weird satire so i just think that tim burton i think he still is a really talented really good director but i think he just needs like to blow it up and, and redo something new with with someone else so I, I would love to see that combination i think would be great that would be- um, an- another director i tossed out there who also i really like his work but I'd like to see him uh, work with some some new actors. Is Wes Anderson, who I love Wes Anderson movies, um, and I'm trying to think of actors who haven't been in his movies, but I think could do a great job in his world. Uh, and one who I kept coming back to is Brad Pitt, who I love Brad Pitt, and I my favorite type of Brad Pitt performance are just where he gets really weird and, and silly with stuff. Right, he's great in a movie like Burn After Reading or Snatch, Snatch. where he like his. I mean, Brad Pitt. I mean, it's been said a lot. This isn't like an original statement, right? But he's kind of like a, a character actor trapped in like a leading man's body, right? So he's yeah. great, like these really good bit parts. Um, one of my favorite Brad Pitt performances is like in Inglorious Bastards, right? Where he's one of the lead roles, but it's this very weird, very bizarre performance. So I think he would fit great in kind of like the whimsical Wes Anderson type movie. Um, kind of like Edward Norton's role in... Um, Moonrise Kingdom, right? Some, just something like very strange and out there. I would love to see that combo. Um, so those are a couple. I've got a bunch more, but uh, I'll let you guys chat. And then at the end, maybe I'll, I'll do a rapid fire final. One. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, did you have any other really good pairings you wanted to mention? Um, yeah, I mean, there's always like, like I mentioned before, like I would love to see Hitchcock direct maybe like Anya Taylor-Joy and something. I would love to see... Um, the one that I had that I really went back and forth on for my fourth pick was uh, Ryan Coogler and David Oyelowo. Uh, I think that they would work really well together. I'm surprised they haven't done yet uh, anything together. David Oyelowo, obviously known for stuff like Selma, and um, he's got a great small role in uh, Interstellar. And he, he uh, he's just a really, really like powerful actor. He gives these really great monologues in his stuff, and Ryan Coogler – obviously just knows how to direct those kind of like passionate performances. So I'd love to see the two of them together. Um, And then this one is just uh, like, it's almost kind of like wish fulfillment. Like we talked about some of these are kind of like no brainers, but I would really love to see. um, And it it hurts to say, because he's not around anymore, but I would love to see a, uh, uh, sorry, I can't think of the director's name. Um, Oh, you mentioned him. Sorry, Edgar Wright and Edgar Wright and Robin Williams movie. I think that that would be so offbeat and so strange. But just I miss Robin, man. 
I take any chance I can get to to, to bring him up. Uh, and I just I I think the two of them would make a really unique kind of comedy. I love. That. I mean, Robin. We we talked about Robin Williams here a lot before, so I, that would be fantastic. I love that. Um, I would just want to mention one more of mine. Like you said, Ryan Coogler. I had Journey Smollett Bell with Ryan Coogler. Nice. Um, yeah. I think she's just like a, we've mentioned with all these people. She's just a rising star. Loved her in Lovecraft Country. Loved her as Black Canary and Birds of Prey. Um, so she she can do a little bit of it all. I felt like her with a Ryan Coogler film would would just be money. Would be just printing money at that point. A hundred percent. So, okay, guys. Well. Before we go, then, did, did y'all want to say what your favorite pick of this draft was and who you think is going to win? Oh. Um, so, from Damon's, I would have to say my favorite was probably – I've got to go with uh, Judd Apatow and Matthew McConaughey. That one is just really intriguing to me. I'd love to see what they could make, like the kind of comedy they could make. Um yeah, I would I would really love to see that movie. And then for Micah, I would say David Fincher and Lupita Nyong'o because, oh, man, I needed Fincher. I'm so glad he was taken, like picked. But, uh, yeah, I love that pick. Uh, their movie, I think I think uh, Damon mentioned this, but that would probably be the most successful out of all of our picks. Um, those are two just instantly recognizable names. I think that's like almost a guaranteed Oscar nomination for either of them with that pairing. So that's – yeah, I love that pick. Who do you think is going to win? Um, let's see. Damon, I think yours has a really good big potential with your with your director names. I mean, you've got Spielberg in there. You've got Del Toro. Like, there's some really big big names in there. So I think that one has a big potential to to win. All right, Michael. Um, so my my favorite pick of Kyle is definitely his first pick that he went with. Paul Thomas Anderson. Like I said, is my favorite director. And he, that, if I had the first pick, I was going to take Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I, I had a, I didn't have Jim Carrey as the actor I was going to put him with, but I, like I said, um, when we were talking about it, what I love about him is his ability to like take an actor and write a role specifically for them. I actually was going to put James McAvoy with Paul Thomas Anderson. I love James Ooh. McAvoy, and I think he could write a great role for him. Or the other one I was debating between after him was Ryan Reynolds, Ooh. who I think. Right. I mean, everyone loves Ryan Reynolds, great in Deadpool, great in a bunch of stuff. But I think that there's like a whole other untapped realm. I don't know whether it would be like serious or funny or some kind of combination. But I just think uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is is he's my personal favorite writer and director making movies right now. And so really any actor with him, I'd love to see. So that PTA and Jim Carrey pick is great. Uh, Damon, for yours, um, I'm debating. Uh, Kyle took the Judd Apatow one as his favorite. That might be my favorite, but I just love Guillermo del Toro so much, and I'm enjoying Queen's Gambit so much uh, with Anya Taylor-Joy, um, and I just think he is such a fantastic creator of these intricate fantasy worlds. I said earlier, Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies ever, so that would be that would be my my uh, my pick. In terms of, when you're talking about winners, what are we talking about here? Is this saying, like, getting voted on? What what the masses would think is the best? Yeah, yeah. Who do you who think the masses well, would say? Well, you know, Kyle, as much as I love yours, I think you went a little... Uh, this isn't an insult. This is a good thing. I think some of your picks are too too niche for the masses <laughs> to go with. 
Kyle does yeah. that. That's Kyle. I do. That's I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> Listen to uh, to the big pictures movie draft pods that they do. Chris Ryan. He is definitely the Chris Ryan here. <laughs> right. I'm looking at mine, and as thrilled as I am with mine, I'm feeling super basic right now. Right, I went with the Coen Brothers, David Fincher, Quentin. But the most obscure director I went with is Richard Linklater, who's been nominated for like six Oscars. Right, he's not exactly toiling in obscurity. Um, I think for this is going to sound super cocky for mass appeal. I think to the average person, they'd look at my list and go, I'm familiar with these directors. I know what they're getting at. Uh, but all three of our lists are great. Damon, I love the variety in yours. You've got some kind of sci-fi fantasy, some, some action, some comedy. So really what I'm saying is great job by all of us. Right. We, I, I really do think we did a really great job. We, we got such a great broad appeal of directors and actors. Like, I mean, we, we got every from Quinn Tarantino, to Linklater, to Paul Thomas Anderson, Edgar Wright. Like, they've made some of the best movies ever. And so I really don't think we could have gone wrong. Um, my favorite picks, as far as Kyle goes, definitely the Mike Flanagan and Florence Pugh pick. I think Mike Flanagan is going to literally end up making some of the best horror movies in the next 20 years. Yeah. I'm going to put, like, I'll put, I'd put money on that. And then for Micah's, the Quentin Tarantino and J.K. Simmons would just be so fun. And it's yeah. such a movie that, like, I... Like, you know, we rewatch Quentin Tarantino movies already. Like, I could rewatch R- Reservoir Dogs, like, probably once a week if I wanted to. Tim Roth is one of my favorite actors. Um, this right here, J.K. Simmons and him, ugh, such a great pairing. And as far as winning, I definitely, I really do think Micah's got it in the bag. I mean, you got Fincher, Tarantino, the Coen brothers. Then you got Bill Murray and Adam <laughs> Driver. Adam Driver's huge, especially, like, uh, in our in our groups, that, that's going to go over really well. So, but I can't. I, I'm not mad at any of our uh, draft picks. They're so good. I think uh, every single one is deserved. So, um, something that strikes me real fast before before we go and just looking over our lists, I think they're great great lists. I think I'd be remiss if in looking at the directors, I can't help but notice. Right, we picked all men. Uh, uh, yeah, and. and and I don't think there's a single black director we have either. I did have some uh, non-white men directors on my board who I didn't end up going with. Jordan Peele was high up on my list. And I thought about uh, choosing him for my last pick, but I couldn't resist that Quentin Tarantino one. I was going to put him with Letitia Wright, who I thought you think is amazing. And then in terms of uh, female directors, I only had a couple on my list as possibilities. Uh, one is Greta Gerwig, and I wasn't sure who to pair her with. The other is Catherine Bigelow who I thought about putting with Matt Damon. I think her kind of oh. action with, with Matt Damon. I was like, haven't they made a movie together? But no, she would have been great at directing a Bourne movie. Um, yeah. It kind of strikes me. I don't know if that's more about us and our, and our just the movies that we're watching or if that's more about just in Hollywood, you know, the, the sad truth of it is white men are the directors of like the vast majority of, of movies. Uh, but just looking over it, I couldn't help but observing that. Right. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, like that's the case because, mm-hmm. like, you know, we, I mean, we we pull from the movies that we see more often, right? And I would just say, if you're listening to this, you know, support those names that, you know, don't get to make a lot of movies. Support female directors. Support people of color. Uh, I, a great example is, like I said, Ryan Coogler is on fire right now. That man will not stop. I mean, they he just announced that they're starting to film. Uh, Black Panther 2 um, like early next year so 
Uh, I, I agree, Micah. That's something that I noticed too. I would just say, if you're listening, yet yeah, seek those movies out. They're certainly available. They're at our, you know, disposal. Just, just seek them out because it's really important that those voices are are heard. Right, and I mean, I think we all had Jordan Peele somewhere on our list. Like, I think I had Jordan Peele pick. Like, he was down on like ninth on my list, but I wanted like Zovi Kravitz with Jordan Peele. I think that would be oh, really yeah. fun. You know, and of course, I I really haven't seen enough Greta Gerwig movies to really have an opinion, unfortunately. But, you know, I I did watch Booksmart uh, a couple weeks ago and I I had Olivia Wilde somewhere on my list. I just couldn't figure out the perfect pairing. So I didn't know where to go with that one. Yeah. But, you know, I think as we go on in the next 10 years, I I think the numbers are going to have to do this draft again in 10 more years because I think it would be much different lists um, with a lot more representation. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, as, as always, if, if you uh, want to send us feedback about this, uh, this podcast, you can let us know at planet fantasy podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up at our, our Instagram planet.fantasy. Let us know what you thought, what directors left out. Nick, who you, if you want to be, I guess, but I do, we, we would love to hear your feedback. Micah, man, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Oh, this was fun. Um, I'd love to come back again and do this again with you guys some other time. Oh, definitely, man. You, you were a great guest. We will definitely have you back. Um, I think our next planned episode next week uh, is going to be with our friend Austin, Kyle, correct? Yes. Yeah. Ben's draft. Yes, we're building a band with fictional characters. So oh, that's wow. going to be a fun one. Yeah. Um, but if that's all, guys, I, I think we're going to wrap it up. So until then, we'll see y'all. Hey, guys. Bye.